I'll be too nervous to. I'll probably lost the words. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Lost Words Betting Podcast. Coming to you on a Tuesday evening, obviously a Wednesday start for the farmers, so it won't be as long as normal. I want to try and get it out as quickly as possible. Uh, Later start this week and earlier start for the golf. Uh, Brad, you're joining us as ever. So, good evening, Tom. To talking about these two events, it's it's a weird one. I think obviously Tory is the better event. But I think Raz is actually the better betting event this week, interestingly. Uh, I don't know if mm-hmm. you feel the same. Um, I guess a very quick recap on last week. Um, Cam Young should have won. Um, don't think there's any yeah, should have won. Well. Story of his life, eh? <laughs> yeah, not good. I don't, I, don't, I don't think there's anything I can really say to defend him. Like He had a couple of three-foot putts that didn't even touch the hole when he was in contention. Um, mm. Just doesn't. It's weird because his game doesn't completely fall to pieces. He just doesn't seem to get the job done. Um, no. It could be one of them when when he gets one, then it could just be floodgates open. Because how many times has he been in contention? Yeah, it's weird though, isn't it? It's like it's, I guess if I probably looked at it, if I went on, I mean we could probably do it now. Like if we went on tour tips and looked at how many times he's actually been either had a 54 hole lead or, or whatever, it's probably not as many times as it feels like. It's just no. he. He feels like he's been there more than more Certainly than opened the door for Marunk there, didn't it? <laughs> Jeez, I, I, thought, th- um, I thought he was going to win. I'll be completely honest. I yeah, he was going to yeah, win. Yeah, I thought Young sort of throwing it away a little. I thought, here we go. Um, I didn't yeah. think Rory was that impressive. I know, obviously, in the end, he's impressive because he got oh, the pack up. nine was very, uh, very shaky. Yeah, like I, I think if anyone else was, I mean, obviously Marunk got to, to the end and, and made the bogey when he did that. Or it was a yeah, it was on six, I think it was on 16. Yeah, yeah. like took himself out of contention. But so it's interesting here. So Cam Young has had three 54-hole leads in his career. Uh, two of them, Corn Ferry, so he won both of them, converted a two-shot lead on the first time, four-shot lead on the second time, and improved on that. And then the Dubai's as a classic. So actually, he, he's fine. Um, but it's the times where he's been in contention more like he's kind of been in and around the lead hasn't he and, and looked like yeah. he could win and hasn't um okay. is the problem he was within one of the lead at sands and didn't win he comes second he's within two of the lead at saudi mm. didn't win um obviously he had the chances in majors and things like that um i don't know i guess his time will come but yeah there's certainly a player there as we all yeah know. it's it's just weird i just find his attitude and that a bit weird but i don't know it's, he's, he's still i'd say he's still young but he's not young is he that's the, mm. that's the weird thing he's yeah, I suppose the big recap is obviously the Nick Nick Dunlap. Victory. That's it. That's it. The more positive story <laughs> is the Nick Dunlap. Um, I didn't watch it. I'll be honest. I didn't watch. No, it. I couldn't. I was very under the weather, so yeah. I couldn't. couldn't watch I wasn't it. around uh, to watch it, but I was kind of following along with the shot tracker, and uh, I got to see the final couple of holes when Burns was kind of throwing it away. Um, Hmm. Which is unlike him normally when he's in well, contention. That was it, wasn't it? Right, like he's he's turned this. I guess we talk about someone like Cam Young. Like Sam Burns had a pretty similar profile, right? I never really got over the line when he needed to in the PGA Tour, and then suddenly dominates. Oh. So maybe Young can do that. But like, yeah, really weird. He went to water a couple of times. Patrick Cantlay was terrible in the final round. Um, you mentioned Bazeden out as well, didn't you? Yeah, Bazeden out. Like, I said, I said on his side that this was the the time where I felt like he was good value. For the first time in a long time, and then I should have bet it, and I didn't. Um, yeah. I it never felt like he was gonna win until he made that eagle, didn't he? He hold his second shot. Yeah, on the fifteenth. Yeah, yeah, like that stuttering a bit here. Um, but then even then, you thought, oh, Sam Burns is gonna win, and then he goes in the water twice, and you think, oh god, like Dunlop, yeah. Dunlop's got that pressure now. Um, then he called him Dunlop, then the famous uh, sports brand. Uh, yeah, having, having, having a week off. Wasn't it this week? Yeah. Totally understandable. Yeah, I think so. I, it's interesting. I think this kind Break of all in. yeah reiterates back to the point, doesn't it, about young players just being ready to win straight away. Mm. Probably not. Yeah. They're, they're not amateurs. They're amateurs by name, but they've been professional for a couple of years in in college. I guess that's how good the yeah. college system is. It shows how the standards is. They're just <laughs> ready to go, aren't they? I mean, even like Phil Bjornsson was eleventh after coming back from a massive injury layoff, wasn't he, in Dubai? Mm-hmm. Like it's it's. They're so good now. Aberg, it's pretty scary. Yeah. <laughs> Aberg is a bit older, isn't he? But still inexperienced. And um, 
Yeah, like I think the the real awakening, Brad, would be when one of these really contends in a major. In like a major, a, yeah. Did yeah. he did in a major? That'll be when mm. it kind of goes, oh shit, because because I was talking well, about Bennett did, didn't he? Yeah, Bennett did it for a good while at Augusta, um, but then ultimately what happened yeah. happened. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I think so I think back to kind of like someone was saying like, oh, you know, like. You need a bit more, you know, experience on your side for majors, and obviously that's generally the case. But I think back to Spieth and Jonas Blix being in right contention at the first ever Masters appearance. Like, if they mm-hmm. can do that around Augusta, it's typically known for not being good for first timers and not being good for younger players and all that sort of stuff. There's no reason why this Dunlap can't go and walk into a PGA event, a PGA Championship, and go and win it. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's who knows, man. Yeah, it's got this newfound confidence as well. <laughs> like he. Like, <laughs> We don't know. I mean, you probably know a bit more about him than I do in terms of his amateur career. Oh, but like, sure, I don't. Other than I've just always yeah. seen him on the amateur rankings, and I didn't know an awful lot about him at all, really. Obviously, just seeing his up and being a talented amateur. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, oh, you don't ever expect to see what you saw like last week, but it happens, you know. Well, it's not. What, what when was that? Last time was Phil Bickerson. Was Phil ninety one? Yeah. Ninety one. Yeah. Three years, isn't it? But like. But, it, but they're not, but just because they weren't amateurs in between that, there's been a lot of kind of really young winners, hasn't there? Um, oh, yeah. At different levels as well, like Corn yeah. Ferry Tour and elsewhere. I think, I think a lot of the time, like I think the opportunities are better now with the PJ Tour year and that sort of mm-hmm. stuff. But, yeah, it's more sponsor exemptions. And, yeah. Uh, so maybe, from the university, yeah. It could have happened 20 years ago, there was more opportunities, I guess. Um, yeah. I guess when you look at someone like Thigala, he was obviously really highly talented coming out of. of college and we'll obviously come on to him in a bit like it he was a sort of player that you thought okay he's going to come and win early and, and mm-hmm. actually didn't even go to college and and he was a kind yeah. of first person well, just justin sir was another one yeah. uh, but he hasn't really lived up to it as yet but i still think his time will come i think um, uh, ben mentioned norman jong in his article like another one like people just think these players mm. are going to really quickly and then done that just does what these players people think these players can do right so um yeah, in- interesting there, and, and certainly exciting. The PJ Tour needs that kind of story at the moment. Oh, definitely, yeah. And now we've had, what, 150 to 1, 400 to 1, and 450 to 1 winners to start the year. Oh, I mean, if you're not having a, a long shot on your PGA yeah. card at the moment, then you're doing something wrong. You've got to shoot for the stars. <laughs> I, think, I think it's... But then on the other flip side, we've had, like, 11 to 1 and 3 to 1 winner in, in Europe. So I'm hoping it kind mm. of flip-flops a bit this week uh, yep. based on our cards. So... Yes. Let's get into the Raz Al Championship. Mm-hmm. I think different events in the sense that this is a birdie fest, whereas Tory Pines is, you know, a tougher test. Yeah. But both this are quite is the name of the game, yeah. Like it's it's actually quite a nice parallel, isn't it, Brad, to have events yeah. on both sides of the uh, Atlantic or sorry. I always say that and it's not, is it? If we're talking about England and America, it's both sides of the If it's in the Middle East, I don't suppose it's the same. But anyway. I know you I wouldn't have called you out on that, by the way. I know you wouldn't have done, but I, in my head, I'm calling myself out for it. I, I think I wrote it a couple of times recently. I've gone, that's probably not right. They're probably over the whatever sea. Anyway, my geography is not here to be tested. My golf knowledge is. Um, Rasmus Hoygaard is the 11 to 1 favourite. Thjordan Anderson, 18 to 1. Smith at 18 to 1. Then we've got a plethora of players at kind of 22 to 30, which is Tristan Lawrence, mm. Lombard, Paul Cantor. Close on any of those, Brett? So I, I wanted Lombard to be a little bit bigger because um, I think he is knocking on the door. I think it's a great course for him. Um, so, yeah, he was the one that had quite a bit of interest in before seeing the odds. Yeah. But then I saw the odds. I think he opened 25s, and I was just—I think you have to make him that. But at the same time, I want—I thought maybe we could get a little bit bigger, you know, 28s or 30s, freeze maybe if we were very lucky. But yeah, he's playing too well, so they're respecting him. That's fair enough. So yeah, looked looked further down the board instead. Yeah, opened up at 30 was the the was it early odds on bet 365. Um, I missed them once. And it was 30 on Coral, but it was really early on it and very quickly got shortened. Um, I, th- I think with Lombard, it's one of those ones where you do feel like the win is coming. Um, but how much shorter will he get? Even like the win comes, right? If, if Let's say he won in one of these uh, like South African events just before Christmas. Yeah. What odds would he really be for this? Like, would he be 16 or 18? Like, I don't think you're missing out oh, too no. much taking him at 22s, right? So I, 
I think if he was 40 to one, you'd be stupid to pass him off. He's 22 to one. I think, you know, you've got a real decision. Like if you genuinely believe it's his time, yeah. to win, yeah. then fine. That's but, what I think, yeah. Um, so yeah, that would be my kind of thought process. Now I thought it'd be interesting to see how Tristan Lawrence returns now that he's playing a course that potentially he's better on than he was last week. He obviously really struggles with that divide as a classic course. Um, yes. yep. So it'd be interesting to see first time out, but I didn't get to any of them. Ollison was disappointing in, in the weekend, over the weekend mm. in uh, Dubai, so not going back to that. Well, one. As, was, as was Smith. Smith was very yeah. cool as well. Yeah. And, and that's not them all over, because I don't think, no. I think Smith's definitely improved in that respect, and Ollison definitely isn't. But We were both on Cantor as well, weren't we? Yeah. He feels like the one, Brad. That's but, what we said, didn't we? He, he would be he'd just like, if he gave him gave up on him this week he's, he could uh I think bite you in the arse yeah that's I, nice. i've added one late one to my card that i don't want to give up on after last week i initially did um but i've gone back to the world which we obviously come to but let's start off with the people that we are betting rather than the ones that we're not yes um, yeah, yeah yeah first it's always my fault guilty of that um <laughs> first pick for you brad in the razal karma championship is a 33 to 1 it is yes it's uh tom mckibben yeah. Um, I think he's just started the season off like, pretty strongly. Um, at a 25th at Dubai Invitational, um, he had an improved performance last week at the Dubai Desert Classic. Um, he finished 14th. Um, so yeah, he looks to be trended into some form. Um, he's been excellent off the tee the last couple of weeks, ranking sixth and third. Um, he gained an approach last week for the first time in seven events. Um, he gained nearly three strokes and ranked 19th in the field for approach so yeah that's really encouraging to see um this course obviously rewards excellent drivers and there aren't many who've been hitting it better off the tee than mckibben the last four or five events um this will be his third time competing at alhamra uh, he missed the cut on his first try um but finished 30th last year and it was 18th going into the final round i think he had a poor poor finish but Still, I like that. And he's had two missed cuts. Uh, he had two missed cuts coming into this event last year. Um, on the, not the same events, but yeah, it's yeah. In, in, in the Middle East. So he arrives here now in much better form. And he's obviously a proven winner now. Um, yeah. So big year ahead for Tom McKibben. Um, and yeah, I like his chances this week. I think overall with McKibben, Feels like he's found a bit of a baseline. I know his end of 2023 wasn't ideal, like 33rd, 32nd, 67th, 51st, whatever. But it feels like he's not that volatile youngster that come on where he was either brilliant or would miss the cut. Like I think there's a there's a certain level of consistency with him now, which is great already in his career. And, yeah. and like you say, he's coming in now off the back of you know two strong starts in the Middle East. Nothing nothing massive like the 25th, 14th, but into the final round inside the top 20 both occasions and you know once inside once outside i think i think for me that's a great warm-up massive drop in class this week probably a better course for him both uh than both of the ones previously um i suppose you could argue that dubai as a classic should suit him but i think this is obviously right up his street um the way he sort of plays a golf so yeah i really like tom mckibben hard for me to kind of leave him out I know you probably got kind of more like the 40s or the 45s, Brad, when you kind of... I think, yeah, 40s, I think I got, yeah. Would you still take the 33s? Oh, 100%, yeah. 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 I think yeah. I'd go as low as 30s, yeah. yeah. I, think, I, think he's, I think he certainly warrants that. Um, so, completely understand mm-hmm. that. My first one is uh, Alejandro Del Rey. I made this massive case for him last week based on... I just thought he was a perfect skill set for him. He's done pretty well in the Middle East on limited starts. Uh, he's going to love being able to open his shoulders up and just launch it. Um, and for 54 holes, Brad, I, I felt like I was mm-hmm. really clever. Um, he was yeah. he was in 10th place going into the final round. Shot 77 on Sunday. Um, it's just one poor round, isn't it? Yeah, like, I think first when I first started the research this week, I was like, oh, you know, he shot 77 when he was in contention. That probably puts me off. Like maybe we'll just give it a couple of weeks. And then I went back to the drawing board and sort of looked, well, he's still a perfect fit for this, exactly what he wants. If anything, this is better suited to him. Mm-hmm. Um, that he was, it was his actual off the tee play in the end that kind of let him down, really. Like I, I played him on the strength of his off the tee game, and it wasn't really there. Um, given the easier test of this, uh, I, su- I suspect he will find that off the tee game again. Uh, 28th here last year, 
which obviously means he's had to look at the golf course, bounce back from an opening 73 to, to sort of climb up the leaderboard. So a little bit like McKibben, I guess, in the sense that he's coming into this a little bit more confident, better mm-hmm. prepared um, than they were the first times as well. So um, Alejandro Del Rey, 40 to 1, 8 places. I just think, for me, he's one of those ones where I'll very quickly jump off, I think, if he really struggles this week. Yeah. Uh, Great fit for him on yeah. paper, and he, 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 yeah, he responds really well to them uh, yeah. bad rounds as well. Like he 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 can throw them in. We've seen yeah. it so many times, but then he'll come back next week and open with a 63 or 64. Yeah. So yeah, it's kind of his um, what he does best. So yeah, and I think I think the kind of 40 to one with the eight places on Bet365 just gives me enough of a cushion to, to feel pretty comfortable in a slightly um, weaker field. Let's say is probably the nicest way to put it. Um, so, yeah, Alejandro Del Rey's in. Yeah. I'll go to my next pick as well. I'll go back to back with Pablo Larafabal, Brad, who mm. just such a winner, isn't he? Um, yeah, I think it, to get a winner at that price, you know, yeah. 40, 50, 45 yeah. to 1, yeah. He's in that range in general, yeah. It, it, it's a weird event, right? But nine-time winner on a DP World Tour. I think we talk, we, we say this every single time we talk about Larafabal, right? Um I know four of those came in the space of basically a year, you know, two in 2022 and two in 2023, right? But even before that, he was a five-time winner. So if you split his career in half and you go, okay, well, he won five times between 2008 and 2019 and then four times again on top of that, it's pretty special. And what I like about his later part of his career is when he was winning earlier in career, he was, you know, beat, Montgomery in France, Sergio in the, in Germany, Rory and Mickelson in Abu Dhabi, Stenson in Germany again, like it, massive massive scalps, right? Yeah. But now he's kind of capable of. I don't know if he's humbled himself a bit or mm. whatever. He's, he's very now, confident in his ability, yeah. like the way in which he backs himself even on uh, social media and everything else. It's yeah. just. And I, and I don't know if he just takes these events a bit more seriously. Like, do you know what I mean? Like I think. If you look at his past success and think, okay, well, he won four really top-grade DP World Tour events, and maybe that's all he kind of ever put the effort into. And now he's won five events, you know, Alfred Dunhill, My Golf Life Open, ISPS Hander, Career, KLM. You could argue he's just gone, you know what, I can go and pick these wins up. Um, that's what I should do. And and that is what he's done. So the price was just too big. I, I was really yeah. surprised by it. He was third here on debut. Uh, Al Murray was you know, inside the top three up for the mm. final three rounds. Last year, he was obviously 56th, but not too worried about that. I think, obviously, you know, he had a couple of wins before that and, you know, maybe just run out of steam. And I look at his start to the season, Brad, 20th uh, at a Dubai Invitational, got better as the week went on there. And then Dubai does a classic last week, finished with a 66. He, he's grown mm. into both events and he'll need to start quicker this time. Um yeah, he will. But he but, looked great on Sunday, didn't he? He looked like really animated, really. Um, yeah. And that's what I, I think like. he's a danger. I think he's a dangerous player as well when you, when he gets you know when he starts to feel like he's playing to the best of his ability, which I think he showed last week. And when he when he finished third here on his debut, he actually came into the event in really good form. Like he had a sip on the Asian tour um, on the Saudi international in a strong field. I think Varna won that yeah. week and. Um, yeah, so again, he's coming into this week um, into the same event in really good form. And yeah, he's not the biggest hitter, but do you know what he has, guys? He's got he's got all the shots. He's got yeah. all the shots and he's got the experience. And you know, if he does get in contention on Sunday, he won't be afraid to win where there'll be plenty up there that will. Yeah, um, that's the name thing. I think it's interesting, like generally speaking, if you look at my card, it's not the big hitting profile that I necessarily wanted, but it's a good blend of kind of experience and it's uh, obviously a massive advantage, but yeah, I think we've seen here over the years like plenty of all types of players showing up. Yeah. Um yeah, so I I just don't I think you've got to have a bit of variance on your card and not just go for all the, the big hitters as it quite might be easy to do. Yeah. Uh, given the nature of the course, but I don't think it is the the answer personally. The, the birdies are there, aren't they, to be made regardless? I don't you don't yeah. need to be long to make the birdies. Obviously, it's a huge advantage, but sometimes it runs you into trouble because you just feel like you have to play. Like I mean, if you look at last year, Daniel Gavin's 
he's a decent driver of the golf ball, but he beat Alexander Bjork, who's potentially oh, one of yeah. the shortest players in the field. Like Jordan Smith, good driver of the golf ball, but not the longest. Not the longest. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so it I could, mean, Gavin's putted the lights out. He's, he's yeah. not long in the slightest. Um, so yeah, so I think I think it's absolutely fine to do that. Talking of players that are exciting on Sunday, let's come to our first um, joint pick of the week. Okay, okay. I'll let you introduce it. And then I'll kind of follow. Is it? Uh, it's Hao Tong Lee, yeah. right? Who yeah. done us well last week. Um, we got off to a fast start. Took a share of that. He did. Hundred to one uh, first round leader. And we we he fin- he plays for us as well, didn't he? Mm-hmm. he did, obviously a bit of um lost bit of a, a lot of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but we take it. And uh, I thought it was an easy decision to sit with him this week. Um, he's such a streaky player, and until I see a dip in form again. Um, he's got to be taken. Um, he, he obviously wasn't as strong off the tee last week um, yeah. as he was at the Invitational, but it was his chipping that truly cost him. And Christ, it was painful to watch yeah. at times. It really was. His putting was also out of this world, but he would then miss like four to five footers in yeah. Yeah. Tong Lee fashion. Like you just never know what you're going to get of him. He is box office. Yeah, but it's obviously got a lot of confidence with the flat stick at the moment, um, regardless of the, some of the small putts he missed. He, he certainly made up for it. Um, but yeah, he, he's finished uh, third at Alhambra in the past. Um, he's gone as low as 63 around this course as well, which is always nice to see. And he, he just loves these type of courses, doesn't he? And he's in this part of the world. Um, he's got off to a really good start to the year. Full team for the Invitational and seventh last week at Dubai Classic. Um, so yeah, I think it's going to be full of confidence, um, and I, I like his chances to have another strong week. Yeah, like seventh was probably the worst he could have finished, right? Yeah, those three bats about bogeys on the back nine, yeah. and he actually—you talk about one of those missed putts. He hit an amazing approach. I think it was maybe on twelve or thirteen. I can never remember the holes very well, but like it was a par three, and he hit a ball beautifully straight over the flag, and he set himself up for a nice birdie putt. And he missed that, and I thought, you know what? That's probably his chance gone and that was before he obviously made the bogeys but like I think that was probably what rocked him I know he was off the map at times with his driver but his recovery shots were unbelievable yeah well. play was great even and what I love they they keep every time he he's a little bit I guess Till Hatton-esque in the sense that he he gets annoyed when he doesn't really need to and um but they were they were so intent and like oh do you remember when he was co-leading or leading at first six whole stage of the PGA and he was out on the range he gets in his own head and he's throwing his club even though he's hit the green I was like yeah but I actually almost quite like that like if it becomes petulant like it does at times with Hatton like you start to get worried but for him he's a player I think it's what you said Brad about his confidence he, he's he's immediately come back after a terrible year and mm. got himself in the mix two times now straight away and I think as soon as he gets that adrenaline, he, he just yeah. wants to take advantage of it straight away. There's a he's impatient. He's like, look, I'm playing well. I want to win now, and yes. yeah. that's why he gets the way he gets. And I think yes, he's got to channel that, and that's probably why he's so volatile. Whatever. I'd rather he threw his club in the air a little bit because he's hit a green, but not the way he wanted to. There was some definitely some shots where he didn't hit them as he wanted to. Um, mm-hmm. Then be someone that's just like, oh, that's all right. Like, I've left myself 60 foot and, you know, it's fine. I'll just try and make birdie from there. Like, his putting was great. Um, for every long putt that kind of grazed a hole or the bonus putts he made, he missed those short ones, like you said. So there was a bit of give and take. I think ultimately he probably finished roughly where he should have finished. Probably shouldn't have been in contention to win in the end, but mm-hmm. had a chance. Definitely had a chance if he'd have made that putt on that par three. Um, and mm-hmm. like you say, just he's coming here in good form and like I said about Del Rey earlier like if they don't perform this week I'll just jump off it's not yeah you jump off yeah you've just got to ride the wave until especially with what we've just said about how Tong Lee there couldn't be more of a player that sort of signals when he's playing well and you just until he throws a bad performance in you you generally just stick with him especially on a course that suits people will look at it and go like oh look he was 500 to whatever he was in the first week and he was uh, you know um, 201 last week and now he's but it, it's all relative he's put two good weeks in the, the field strength is weaker we've got the course form there in both the last two weeks yeah. um, I I just can't see a, a negative for Lee until we have reasons yeah. you know I mean? so um, 
very happy with Hounsley and I'm glad we're both on him there. Um, I think you might be next, but I'll just check the odds. So there's a couple of players around here that I thought were worth looking at. I thought yeah. Connor Syme was interesting. I thought that Frederick Lacroix ended 2023 really well. And mm-hmm. Big hitter as well. Yeah, high. hitter. I thought maybe he was worth a look, but didn't get there. I thought Winter might just turn up annoyingly, but again, mm. other than just that, I didn't really have a reason to. Um, but go into why you're going with Jesper Svensson this week. Yeah, Jesper Svensson, it's your man, usually. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, wasted no time as he, since graduated from the Challenge Tour. He's already contended, runner-up at the South African Open. Um, he's also only missed one cut from his four starts on the DP World Tour, which did come at Leopard Creek, which was his first yeah. visit. And it was after his runner-up finish as well, so... That's totally understandable. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, he's, he's, he's settled in nicely. Um, and after a slow start last week, um, he rallied to make the cut and um, he shot 68. Yeah, round two. Uh, he ended up finished 31st, but, yeah, hit the ball exceptionally well um, off the tee and on approach. Um, he ranked ninth four off the tee um, and 10th on approach. So, yeah, game's in really good shape. Uh, like Hao Tong Lee, his short game was pretty poor. He was losing strokes on and around the green. Um, but I think there's lots to take from that performance, lots to like, um, especially coming into this week. Um, Svensson looks like a, a real powerhouse off the tee, um, who should love the wide open nature of Al Hamra. Um, so, yeah, if he can have a good putting week, as he did at the South African Open, um, when he finished runner up that week, I think he gained over five strokes then, yeah, he could be a danger this week. He looks um, looks a really good prospect coming from the Challenge Tour. Yeah, I think it's one of those ones that like, we, we don't quite know exactly what he is yet, but if he's what we hope he's going to be and what we sort of spoke about in the preview show, then these prices are what you need to take in these fields because it won't last mm-hmm. long. Um, and I think we still... We, don't, we haven't seen a ton of coverage, obviously, when he was contending we did, but I haven't seen a ton of coverage to suggest he's a massive hitter, but the stats are showing that he can get it away yeah. when he needs to. Um, and that's the main thing right so i think in terms of skill set it's good and i just think he can go low when he needs to Mm -hmm. yeah um then it was for me these two players that i've got left are masahiro kawamura who has come into kind of 90 to 1 and 80 to 1 um with the extra places um you can get i think eight 75 to 1 eight places or 80 to 1 six depends how you want to do it 90 to 1 6, I think I'm seeing here. Oh, yeah, 90 to 1 6. So there you go. That's, that's yeah. the price there. Um, or you can take the extra places, whatever you want to do, however you play that. Um, we'll put him at 90 to 1 6 for the benefit of the pod. Um, I was surprised he was this far down, Brad. Like, he got so much yeah. coverage in on Sky. Second round 63, seventh at the halfway stage, even though oh. he opened for 75. 10th after 54 holes and then, and then still solidified it really solid weekend finished seventh he was mm. getting so much coverage of like oh, he's playing so well blah blah, blah. i thought you know what that's going to completely ruin his price um yeah, yeah yeah you'd think so he didn't at all um yeah. and played well we we talk about calmore all the time right as, as this kind of oh. like, potential long shot um and i was surprised to see him still at 91 in this field he shouldn't be this price at all. No way. Like, I, I, I was thinking about 66, maybe at most 66. Yeah. But, but look, he, he probably because he doesn't fit the profile, say, which like we just said, it can be nonsense at times. Mm. And he actually has some really good performance series here in the past, hasn't he? Sixth and 27th. Yeah. He's, he's one of my favourite. He's actually one of my favourite golfers on the tour. Yeah. Um, I love watching him, and that's probably why he gets some comfort, loads of coverage because yeah. the cameras also like to watch him. He's he's such a creative player. Uh, he's got a great attitude. He's always smiling. Mm. Uh, yeah, he's he's brilliant to watch. Like, um, and yeah, I, I think he's definitely mispriced this week. Oh, uh, you wouldn't you wouldn't blink if he was fifty to one next to Solberg, would you? You'd just go, no, I'll, maybe I won't bet him, but you wouldn't be surprised based on the last effort. I know. He's kind of streaky and it's hard to rely on and not, not the most consistent, right? But I'm fine with that. Like, he's not that type of player. Um, mm. I thought it was against Shinquin that he almost won, but it wasn't. It was against Robert McIntyre, wasn't it, in, in Aphrodite Hills? But the, I remember that event thinking he's mm. going to go here. Um, he's, come, he's come close in um, Kenya as well, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but yeah, he's runner-up at Kenya last year. And, yeah. 
I think he was runner-up at the Aphrodite Hills, which is what I sort of vividly remember him for. Mm-hmm. And he might have even been in contention that one that Shinquin did, but I can't I can't remember now. I might even just be getting Shinquin completely confused with McIntyre. But either way, like he's been there. He loves a birdie fest, um, and I'm all for that. So I was surprised he was down here at kind of 90 to 180 to 1 and, and those sort of prices. Mm-hmm. And then another one that I was surprised I had to scroll so long to find was Johannes Fehrman. And I think it's a little bit of out of sight, out of mind. He's now 80 to 1, eight places is probably the best sort of value. If you want to yeah. take the 100 to 1 and take a chance, then great, five places. I think with Veerman, Brad, like we were not we as me and you, but like we as a golfing community were really excited about Veerman. I mean, you had him and Crocker, and yeah. it was like, oh, these are the next wave of Kepka new lines or whatever um, on the VP World Tour. And he then got a win at the that was at the Czech Masters, wasn't it? Which is another place where you need to hit it, you know, supposedly need to hit it long. Um, yes. And yeah, I just I just think he's mispriced again. I think a little bit like Kawamura, you look at him, he's finished yeah. 12th and 19th in two starts. He was fifth after 54 holes the first time. 19th was kind of where he was about finishing all week uh, last year. But all right, it's been a bit of a slow period. He finished 38th in the South African Open, but again, he was 18th after 54 holes. Then at the Alfred Dunn, he was 7th after 54 holes, finished 39th. And then last week, 16th, he got better throughout the week, um, finishing with a final round 67. Taking that confidence into an event that is right up his street. He was ninth in strokes can approach last week. I think very similar. Yeah, 8th in tee to green as well. I really like Veerman. I think it's definitely a case of like we haven't heard so much from him in recent months that we're kind no. of out a bit. No, I, I, he he definitely stood out for me as well at the prices. Um, look, I, he hasn't. He didn't have a good year, did he? Like I, I don't think he. What do you have? I think I have to look now. He's had one top top ten, and that yep. came at the Dubai Desert Classic. So that's good in itself. But look, I, I do think that he'll want to like get off to the year strong start. Um, and last week showed that hit the ball really well. Um, and he's shown in the past that this is a good course for him. Um, hmm. We have a couple of good finishes. So, yeah, yeah, why not? He, why, he's why? not that one that you can kind of go, Do you know, what? I'm massively confident about him. Like I'm, I'm fully in, like he's shown everything I need him to show. And I can't believe he's, like, he's 100 to 1 for a reason, I guess, because of the, the tough year last year. But I do think... I think he, to be fair, like he has tailed off since that uh, yeah. winning year, hasn't he? Two thousand and one, yeah. like he was, he was really good that year. He, had, he was getting a few top tens. So he got quite a few, didn't he? And oh, um, PJ Torres, didn't he? At one point, it's a lazy thing when they're Americans that you think they're going to go over there, but he looked like he could do that. Yeah, yeah, it did. It did look potentially. And not playing that way anymore, which is you know fine to admit. But I don't need him to. I need him to win the Raz Alkama Championship. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, at, at 100 to 1, 90 to 1, 80 to 1, whatever it is you can get with the places, I'm absolutely fine with that. Um, in terms of just players that fit this kind of style of golf, I looked at Brandon Stone. I think he's playing a little bit better now than, than yeah. he has been uh, in recent years. I thought he was interesting. I yes. uh, Threddy Scott was someone that always gets thrown in these types of events. So that that's well, pretty I, I was close on Hillier. That's the one yeah. for me that was that. Um, just it's interesting, isn't he? Like a... He's tailed off a bit, hasn't he? Oh, he has. He certainly has. But he's still with ball striking numbers. Brilliant. I think he's just having real trouble um, with the putter at the moment. Um, but, yeah, he's always uh, in my thoughts, especially for these kind of tests. I think Marco Peng as well was uh, another one. Um, but, yeah, again, he should suit. He's a monster hitter. Um, but other than that, that was um, that was pretty much it for me. But- what about, I know you've gone back to Heather Kilder a couple of times. It, it feels mm. like we're getting a decent price on him, but... I think he, I, I think he's at the right price, or if not, should be a little bit bigger, because he looks a little bit lost at the moment. Well, that was what I was going to say. Like, in terms of name value and course suitability of what he's done here in the past, he looks value. But when you actually dig into numbers, there's nothing. Mm. I can't, as a, whatever you want to call me, tipster, profile or whatever, yeah. can't actually write anything or say anything that gives me massive confidence about his game um but this is a really high profile player or someone that we boosted a lot um, that that could come back and play well here oh Uh, he'll come again at some point and he could just yeah he's one good week away isn't he really and then we're all talk about him again yeah Um, 
the brutal one for me would be Ross Fisher. If Ross Fisher wins, I'm, I'm might not be here next week um, <laughs> because I, I always talk about Ross Fisher. He's finished 18th, second, and ninth here, uh, and I haven't taken him. He'll have a few takers this week, I'm sure. He will, and he should do. But like again, a little bit kind of beyond his beyond his course form here. He's, he missed the cut to end the year in the Alfred Dunhill. He missed the cut to start the week, which maybe he's just you know getting the rust mm. off. Um, but he had a decent run of events before that. It, it concerns me a bit with Ross Fisher, but I, I had my picks and felt a little bit better about those. So um, mm. if Ross Fisher wins, then then so be it. <laughs> Everything for the Razal climber? Yep, different from me. Cool. Let's go over to Tory Pines then. When I said about betting events, like it, it just feels we're missing Scheffler, Rahm and Rory in this event. Mm. Rahm, I think I think this is the the last two weeks of the the real time where we go do you know what we needed John Rahm and need both of these events to, yeah, yeah. to change things um, that I'm not you going want a full strength field here don't you that's it like, I, don't, you know, I don't want to go into the reasons why he's not here and all this sort of stuff but like he's not here and, and it makes an impact and Tory Vines was definitely one of those courses where it used to all be about Tiger Woods and now there's definitely an affinity built with John Rahm um, mm. not here Xander Shoffley then is the 10 to 1 favourite Colin Morikawa 11 to 1 Patrick Cantley 12s Max Homer 12s. We've got four players at 12 to 1 and shorter that they can't yeah. wait to find out about. Um, so, in one respect, that's good for us um, because I don't feel massively confident about any of the four. I think mm. Homer would. would Home, be, yeah, I think Homer's the one. Uh, I can see him putting up a good defense. I think he's sure. got a good defense, but I think it's hard to defend. The other one I'm really intrigued by is Cantley. And the reason being is he hasn't played well here. But the first time he played here was 2013, which is way before he was anything, right? The mm-hmm. second time was 2018. I think he was still coming back from his kind of injury problems then. Then he missed the cut in 2019. You think, OK, maybe he's got a bit of a problem with the course. But then he finished 15th for the US Open when it's all on the south course. I think he's someone that would benefit from not having to try and go low at the north. Um, yeah. But we haven't seen... I mean, what was it, 2021, that Patrick Cantlay was player of the year? Like, we haven't seen... I mean, he shouldn't have been, but that's that's what he was. Um, mm. We haven't seen Patrick Cantlay at his best at his golf course yet, this event yet. And can you, with confidence, take him at twelve to one after that? <laughs> which which is definitely, yeah, definitely why I wouldn't. But like, <laughs> I mean, one. that is just some doing to score seventy six around the stadium. Of course. Very strange, yeah. Like, a, and it was a lot of water balls as well, wasn't it? Um, yeah. I, I just, I can just, I can see it now. Patrick Cantley wouldn't at Tory Vines for some reason. Um, I think he should have been good there in the past and hasn't been. And I think it's going to potentially change very quickly for him there. But anyway, again, digress, not betting on him. I'm starting my card with Jason Day, which I don't think will surprise many people. Um, two-time winner here, runner-up, third and the seventh of the last two years, even when he's not been at his complete best. Just evidently confident every single time he gets over to Tory Pines, perfect for his skill set. He was 10th for the century, opened up really nicely over 65 there, was inside the top 15 all week, finished 10th. Last week in the American Express, I, I sort of said about Jason, I can't remember if I said it on here or just the DraftKings one, but yeah. I, like, I didn't want to bet him. And typically that hasn't been what Jason Day's game is all about. But he was sort of evolving into this Birdie Fest player at times. Um, but I'm absolutely fine with him going three rounds of 68 and a 66 on the American Express and just plowing along to 34th. Mm-hmm. There yeah, was enough nice. in his game to suggest that where he absolutely loves, he will succeed. So Jason Day at 25 to 1, I think is good value when you consider so. the top yeah. of the market eight places. Um, yeah, no, he stands out. Yeah, no, I really like it. You've got one at 25 to 1. I have indeed, and it's uh, it's another another course horse. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Tony Finau, and yeah, something about Tory Pines and this event that um, yeah brings out the best from Tony mm-hmm. Finau. Um, he's only missed a cut twice at Tory Pines from ten starts. Uh, one of those missed cuts did come at the U.S. Open. Yeah. Where I think a lot of people fancied him that year. Yeah. Um, He's finished runner-up, fourth. Um, he has three top ten finishes and uh, never finished worse than 24th when he has made the cut. So, yeah, it's uh, an impressive record. Um, and, yeah, it's where I envision uh, Finau to get his season up and running. Um, he's sort of got rid of the rust the past few events, playing some steady golf. Um, he did have that fifth at the Hero World Challenge, um, 38th 
at the century and 25th last week at the Amex, a bit like you with Jason Day, just, you know, they just sort of dusted it off like nothing major, sort of uh, make sure you get them at a good price because if they'd have won one of them weeks, then you wouldn't have. Um, so, yeah, the scoring can sometimes get away from Tony um, in them kind of events. As, you know, he, he misses his fair share of putts, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, so I think Tory suits him a lot better, like evidently for his record over the years. And, I feel as though his uh, elite ball striking will be rewarded and he can afford to miss a few parts and not be left so far behind. Um, but yeah, last week he did card four rounds of 68 or better. Uh, he ranked eighth, shots gained uh, tee to green and temp four. Uh, shots gained off the tee in that final round, um, which stood out uh, when looking. And so, yeah, game looks in good enough shape. And I think he's well overdue a win on one of his favourite courses. So I thought he was worth a punt this week at a similar price. So I, I think with Finau, I've probably bet him here before. I've certainly bet him before because I, I love him. Yeah, I love him. I felt like last year was crap for Finau. And then when you look back at it, it wasn't at all. Like he won Mexico Open. He... 26th at the Masters, 10th here or top uh, tied ninth here last year, 14th at the Waste Management, 7th at the 3M. Like it wasn't Tony Finau's high level of consistency, but there was still there's plenty worse that had yeah you know, up there, you know the elite players per se exactly that had worse for years. Yeah, I think there's definitely an element of he was going to go to live and join John Rahm, and I think there's been a little bit of distraction there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if now he's kind of put that to one side, I think we'll see a different John uh, Tony V now because he just doesn't quite got off to the races as he's he's kind of blown the cobwebs away in in Hawaii and, and the American Express. And <laughs> this will be the course where if he's going to kickstart his season, it'll be here. So yeah, I definitely get the idea of it. I like Minwoo Lee for this golf course, but I thought he was. Um, short enough in the market. I don't think you're going to be asked well, to take. I completely, short. I completely agree. Like I, I think him, um, Marunk and Nikolai Hoygaard, you could all make a case for. And obviously, Ludwig. Um, but it's such a tough course to win. Yeah. Right? And just you know, and it's, it's just has evidently been that way for, for since we've seen it. Right. It's on yeah. your first try. So I just think. Especially Minwoo, I, I think you could take possibly a chance of Marunk at 60s. I'd much rather take a chance on Morant uh, even though you've got you got to take travel like put travel into it as well mm. um so yeah, there's lots of stuff to factor in but I think I'd rather I'd rather bet Morant at 60 than I would mean we're at 25 let's put it that uh, way I think that's almost certainly how I feel like I think I think I think Mimu Lee is, is this flashy player he's got a social media presence he's got a, a good name good story Definitely jumped up in in quality last year, so he's he's gained, you know, uh, you know notoriety, play well in the majors, etc. I have no mm. doubts about his ability, and I think he, this could be a great golf course for him in the next five years. I think he'd be really good here. Um, and if that happens this week, then I would not be surprised at all. I think what I'm, what I'm concerned about is I'm being asked to take probably the bottom price of Mimu Lee now based on nothing other than we think he'll be good here. Um, and he could drive it all over the planet and completely lose, like, you know, miss the cut. Do you know what I mean? Like, I know he played well last yeah. week. He had 360, uh, three rounds of 67 or better. But, yeah, I, I would worry it's, about diving in on It's time. just a lot better bets out like, on the board, I feel. You know, safer bets. It's, I mean, it's the same price as Jason Day, and Day and Day's a, a two Tony now as well. Yeah, yeah. now you love, of course, horse. So, um I liked him. I like Keegan Bradley, but I haven't gone with Keegan Bradley. I think we're again being asked to take a very bottom price back. Keegan Bradley. I really like Keegan. Yeah. There's yeah. definitely value in Keegan Bradley completely in the sense that like he's a, a strong player, but I think he's quite volatile here, which surprises me. And actually, he's a bit more volatile in general than I think I remember Bradley being. Like mm. his form's more in and out than I would expect. Um, I thought he would be a really reliable performer. He was like 45th of the century, then loses in a playoff. Um, and he then has, he did look really good at Sony. I know a little bit at Sony. And his uh, form is great. Obviously, second here last year. Played yeah. the final round, didn't he? To put the pressure on Max Homer. He fifth, from fifth back to back years in 17 and 18. Like, it's a perfect. If I could describe a perfect 
event for Keegan Bradley. It's probably this. He can go low on the north and then sort of, you know, ball strike his way around the south. Yeah. I just, just, I think maybe because I had the extra one in, in Raz and then I've got another one in a minute that I felt like I probably just had too many picks. But, like, he, he would be close for me. Absolutely. So, Bradley. Let's go into our next joint pick. Um, I'll kick us off as I made you do the um, out on Lee spill. Yep. Sahith Thagala. He's now coming. I mean, he was 40 to 1 at the start of the week. I texted you and said he was going to be the most popular bet when he was 40 to 1. Um, I think you're far off. <laughs> I think we're definitely going to be in that kind of mix. Yeah. 30 to 1 with the eight places on Bet365 is still absolutely fine. 28 to 1, eight places if you can't get on for some reason. Um, I, I think Thigala is a perfect, perfect pick for this event. Um, People will look at him and go, OK, well, he's a bit wild for tea. That can get you in trouble uh, at Tory Pines. But I think he's got enough finesse about him when he needs it um, yeah. to do well. He missed the cut, obviously, in his US Open here. But you look at his six, uh, his eight rounds, sorry, at this tournament. The first four, he was ninth and sixth after the first two rounds, and then 27th and 25th over the weekend. And then last year, inside the top five all week, finished fourth. So he spent mm. six of his eight rounds here inside the top ten. So he clearly loves the challenge of Tory Pines. Yeah. He has won in California. That's where he obviously got his win at the um, Fortinet. Yeah. Mm. And to me, he clearly loves California, loves his test. We know he can win now. He was the first round leader in Hawaii, finished week 63, did everything he could to put the pressure on Chris Kirk, who in the end just did enough. Um, I love how much pressure he put on Kirk. Uh, in Hawaii, I have no problem with missing the cut to Sony. I don't think he would do that. Um, and the fact that he was, you know, as I said, inside the top five all last year and inside the top ten for the first two rounds of his debut just suggests to me that this is a Sahith Tagala golf course. Drives yeah. it long, can drive it straight, good short game, good putter when he needs to be. Um, like Sahith Tagala. Yeah, no, I echo all that. And I, I was. I'm also a bit little surprised we didn't see him at the Amex, but if anything, that just makes me feel more confident as I believe he he probably has his set sight. Yeah, his, his sight set, sorry, on <laughs> on this one. <laughs> yeah. Um so yeah, I I do I do I really oh god, I really I really like him this week. I think as you said, he's he's popular, but he's popular for good reason. Um and he had that sit at Riviera as well, which was another classical yeah. golf course set up. Yeah, he's just he's just a star in the making. He's yeah. a really easy guy to root for as well. Uh, such a great personality, um brilliant support base around him, with yeah. his parents and everyone else. I just I just yeah. Great, great guy and even better golfer. One of um, those yeah. ones where there's been a lot of talk about inflated golf rankings and, you know, they're, they're only up there because of the live players and not, etc. I do view him as a top 20 player in the world. I, I think he's got that talent. I think he's a, mm-hmm. a strong player. He won the Fortinet in California. As you said there, sixth for the Riviera, fourth here, sixth again at the Fortinet. Clearly loves California, which makes perfect sense, given his obviously upbringing and, and um, college, mm-hmm. I think, in California as well. So there's no reason to – sorry, there's every reason to think that he's just going to love California for the whole of his career. Um and yeah, I'm I'm just all in on on him um, here. So mm-hmm. did I, did I ever envision being all in on Thigala this season? Probably because I, th- I think it's I think it's a really good year for him. I think we he the the question about Thigala was can he get it done? It was probably a bit unfair because the first time he didn't get it done, he got an unlucky bounce. I think in Phoenix, the second time he did just completely off the map hit that shot and he at the travelers yeah. trying too hard right um but he's learned from it so quickly that suggests to me that he can just go off and rack a winner season uh if he needs to so, sort of so, you know reminds me of Fina a little bit in the sense that i think he can go and you know challenge him majors and and look really good and maybe not win as much as you think he would over the first couple of seasons and then kind of break out so I can see him being a great major player. Yeah. I think it'd be really good. Yeah, I think similar to kind of, I guess what Cam Young and Mimu Lee have done in, in recent years, similar mm. to that. Um, I think he yeah. can contend in one. It was really impressive. He played well at the Masters in the first Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Uh, yeah I think. Yeah, Figala, I reckon it'll be popular for that this year. Yeah, I think have a look at Figala for everything basically this year. I'm mm. very bullish on him. Mm-hmm. 
The second one comes with a little bit of caution. Um, Harris English is not a player I bet too often. I think I went through a period of really liking him when I first started doing all this and then went off of him because I felt he was quite limited. Um, 40 to 1 8 places, Harris English. Started the season off well, 14th and 10th in Hawaii. Uh, now comes to a course where he's played really well in the past. Did play his best. Well, he finished second hit and he, in a, he lost in a playoff to Jason Day, I think it was, back in 2015. Then he was 14th and 8th in the same event. He was 5th after 54 holes on that occasion where he finished 14th. And then I guess you the recent memory of him is just playing really well at the South Course at the US Open. The, the reason for caution, Brad, is I'm sitting here thinking English can improve on his first two starts of the season because his ball striking hasn't been there. Mm. And hoping that he's going to find his ball striking at Torrey Pines could be a concern. But his tee screen game has been 30th and 30th. It's been fine. It's been his irons that have not been the best. Irons, yeah. yeah. I, I think he can find it and find it on a tough goal course. And also, if you're if you're not completely dialed in on, on birdie chances, but are making pars around here on, on tough holes, that can be really beneficial. So as long as he can take advantage of those par fives, I think English is in a good place. So not a player I love at the moment in terms of, of profile, but I think going for this, I think he's good. I was very close on Harris English. I think he is good value in that range, especially with someone with his record round here yeah. and the start to the season that he's had. Um, yeah. And also the way in which he finished the year, because he was obviously going through um, a period, a bad, bad period, wasn't he? So the way in which he finished in his start of the year, and we know he's a winner. Um, so I, I do think uh, he's good value in that range. And he was heavily... Heavily on my list, one yeah. of the two to miss out. So, yeah, I do, I do like that, mate. Anything on Zalatoris or Berger? No, I still think it's too early. Even if they did get in contention, I wouldn't trust them there. I think they're a bit, uh, yeah, a bit. Obviously, I think Zalatoris is the one. Yeah. Um, so, but I think with Zalatoris, like he's got the obvious, like he lost to loot list in that playoff and he was seventh on his second start here and he loves his course doesn't he yeah absolutely loves it so i think it was his first pga tour start and yeah and the third round 65 last week i think i think there's other like he's just i don't know that he's still 100 healthy whereas i think Berger took the time he needed and is back and probably healthy and just straight away made a cut at the American Express. I know it's low stress and that sort of stuff. So whilst I'm not ready to play either of them, I do think they're worth keeping on the radar. But I think any signs that they're playing well, they're just going to be cut in half, aren't they? So there's risk and reward of betting them. But all that to say that I can't quite get to them yet. Keith Mitchell should be good at this golf course. Uh, I thought exactly that. He's, He's missed the cut every time, hasn't he? Yeah, well, he actually made it. He made the cut on debut, finished 63rd. Um, <laughs> yeah, so he's basically the nut low of players at Tory Pines. Yeah, as you said, though, the profile just fits, though, yeah. doesn't it? I think Mitchell is going to have it's not a very hot take considering he's only got to beat 63rd, but I think he's going to have his career best finish at Tory Pines this week. Um, okay. whether people think that means he can contend, that's up to them, but. I think he's turning into turning in some good form is, is probably the phrase I would use. Going rounding into the player at the right time, maybe it's going to be Riviera where you have to bet Keith Mitchell. So maybe you wanted to miss the cut stage value there. I don't know, but keep on Keith Mitchell. Um, yeah. Patrick Rogers is such a weird weird bet for me. Uh, didn't think I was going to make it. It's 66 to one eight places. I think Patrick Rogers is improving and I think he's a player that's going to win soon. I know it's a little bit hit and miss, but it feels like he's finding more consistency than he had before. We know he's always loved these kind of tests anyway. Um, he's been fourth and ninth here in the past. He was a 54-hole leader when he was fourth, 14th and 24th in Hawaii's kick off the year. And he was actually in contention, wasn't he, in Australia before? Finishing. Yeah, he should have probably won that. Actually. He was in contention. At least. And he, he was playing well and okay is it typical of Patrick Rogers yes but I guess maybe you shouldn't do this but I do it a lot is I look at Luke List getting an overdue win at Torrey Pines 
as making all the sense in the world. It's a course that he played well, drives the ball well. It makes sense that a win would come for Lutlis there. And I think that's the same with Patrick Rogers. Drives the ball well, always plays tough courses, Bay Hill, Quail Hollow, Riviera, whatever, well, loves the West Coast. It makes perfect sense that Patrick Rogers is actually almost 10 years younger than Lutlis. So it's all about how overdue he is. But Lutlis mm. is you know, way beyond him in terms of starts and things. I think Patrick Rogers is ready to win. Sounds like mm. a crazy statement. And I, and I think Tory Pines is, I think he'll do it in a tough event. Um, After everything we've seen this year, like why so crazy? I don't I think that'll probably be the most likely thing that's happened. I mean, so wait, far. he's six to one, eight places. So like he's yeah. way shorter than what we've seen so far. So maybe it's not a huge shot, but mm. huge shot to me that I'd want to pick. But I was just, I was thinking yeah. of his final pick and I was looking at, Ben Griffin was someone I looked at. Um, I thought about going back to Montgomery. I looked at Bazaar now after last week. Oh. I had all those kind of in my radar. And I just thought, you know, Patrick Rogers is, is the one where you can go, do you know what? Plays Tory Pines incredibly well, is in good form, drives the ball well. He's got a couple of top tens that other people can't boast here. In the US Open, he was 10th after 36 holes and finished 31st. Uh, the occasion obviously got to him over the weekend. But yeah, just just feel confident that he can do what he needs to around the south course if he gets in contention. So, mm-hmm. like Patrick Rogers there. Um, final pick for you, Brad. So my final pick is Mackenzie Hughes, and I think he is a hundred to one now. Uh, eight places, yep. Uh, so yeah, it might not be the first name you think of when profiling for uh, Tory Pines, um, but he has played well here uh, a couple of times in the past, and. I can't ignore the form he's in. Like he's playing really well. His um his best finish in this event uh was 29th. Um however he did lead the field going into the final round of the US Open. Uh, I think that was back in 2021. Yeah. Um that's obviously a, a big lead to sleep on and the occasion did get to him. Uh he shot 77, finished 15th. Um but yeah, he he's proven he can play well at this course in the past in testing conditions probably in its hardest form um and as for his recent um form well, it's, it's been really solid yeah. um he's closed out the year with seventh in mexico um he was runner-up at the rsm classic um he then finished 25th at the century um he closed with a final round of 64 so yeah he looks he looks in good enough shape to me and although distance is a great help here We've also seen in the past it's it's not the be all and end all. Um, the likes of Reed Rose winning have proved that. Um, tidy short game comes in great handy, and that's exactly what he has in his locker. Um, he has that magic around the green uh, and on the green, and um, yeah, he's he's not even that short. Like I was looking at his. Uh, well, he's, his he's length, I think this is what I was going to say. I think someone flagged to me. Last he's, he's He's exactly. just under tour average for driving distance right. last year. And yeah, I, I've always thought he was shorter than that. And to yeah. put in perspective, his average driving uh, distance um, is longer than Matsuyama, Morikawa, Sungjae yeah. Im, who all possess a really good record at this course. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, anyway, I'm digressed. But, yeah, he, he, he looks a really interesting option, I think, long shot option this week. Um, and, yeah, again, a player that can win. We've seen it happen. I think if you, if anyone was to pause on Mackenzie Hughes because he's not long enough, you've only got to look at those players you said, Sung Jae-yum, Colin Morikawa, Hideki Matsuyama, Justin Rose, Patrick Reed. Don't worry that much about it. If you think no. Mackenzie Hughes can contend because he's playing well, go with it. I I thought about him based on that US Open. The, the reason for the pause for me on it was just that he's never quite figured the event out itself. So he's, he's had yeah. three missed cuts and then a 29th and a 54th. But he was actually 11th after 36 holes on debut. He was 29th, which is solid enough. He had four rounds of 70, which is probably quite frustrating um, for someone. And he didn't play it last year. So I think this kind of maybe new iteration of Mackenzie Hughes um, could be yeah. interesting. To kind I also of- think that's what we're getting. We're getting a, a, a good price for that yeah. record as well. Um, yeah. Because it is quite hidden that like he has shown some moments at this course in the past. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I do, I do like it. Yeah, I think, I think for me it was just like, like a little bit like Harris English. It was like, oh, is it just that he finished third at the US Open? No, because he had those couple of other 
like good performances, but that's why he's 50 to one and Hughes is 100 to one, right? Like is is mm-hmm. they've got his, it's just a couple of top fives at a difference, um, which I know is okay. It's a couple of top fives, quite a big deal, but no reason that Mackenzie Hughes can't do it, and, and obviously got the wins to back it up on the PGA Tour. Yeah. Was there any massive long shots that you thought were just profile one player i thought you want to talk about is stevens sam stevens oh yeah obviously obviously his debut last year was pretty yeah. well he finished 12th 13 um, yeah was it 13th? And was, yeah and he was fourth after 36 holes yeah oh, i mean he's a big hitter and yeah i've i've a player i've followed for quite a few years on the smaller tour so i've got an affiliation with him <laughs> it's a bit of a running joke now but um <laughs> i i do uh would i would love to see him succeed I just not sure at the moment he needs to sort of properly get in contention and yeah. sort of show a bit more. Like he's had a few moments now and he's just fallen away on Sundays, isn't he? Um, which how many times we see it? We see that so often. Yeah, I don't think he can win, but I think at 175 to 18 places. Yeah, like based on the profile, Brad. Like at 24th at the Sony Open, but he was third after 54 holes, um, and then 65th last week was actually. Uh, round of 65 in round two, 68 in round three. Like it was just boom, mm. bad rounds, wasn't it? 70 and 74 yeah. and held him back. So I like him in in the sense that, sense that he played mm. so much last year. Um, so he's an interesting one. I didn't. Ch- Chan Kin came through for uh, for well, me last week as a five to one top 40. So yeah. I was going to mention like, is is this this sort of event like on paper? Or is this something you should be good at? He's he's missed the cut here once in the past. Yeah. He I he's always been a big hitter. Yeah. Um, tidy short game. So you'd think so. Because that means um, it be US Open. The reason it? the reason I liked him so much last week because of the the desert the desert yeah. form. I knew that he's an um, Arizona resident and obviously he had that second round of uh, 64 missed the cut by one. So uh, he's played brilliantly last week, finished tied 14th. So why shouldn't you like him this week? It's just I don't feel as confident with the course as much um, as I feel like he, he. I know that he's gone really low. Uh, his two wins on the Corn Ferry Tour were uh, birdie fest. So you liked him more for last week than I do this week um, in the tough conditions. Um, that's yeah, the only for pebble brad like, like where he can just go yes. and go low on one of those courses right um when you look at his career 32 under par win 17 under par win 14 under par win 15 18 under he did have he did have a little spell where he was six under one over and eight under where he, he can tough it out but maybe just yeah. a bit too long they're obviously japanese golf courses rather yes. than yeah, yeah. Um, long yeah. so yeah maybe a bit long for him but we shall see do you know i i need to look at the course splits i haven't looked at that properly yet Mm. I seem to think that Peter Malnati is good at the South Course. I seem to think that, that he's someone that impresses. Yeah, the I think he, he's he's a he's a popular first round leader pick every year. I swear, yeah. that's one course. I can tell you which one it is. Yeah, um, it's, it's probably the North now. I said it's the South, but like twenty <laughs> fifth and twentieth in you know three of his sort of eight or nine starts here and missed mm. a cut every other time. It, he's obviously missed the first two cuts of the season. But it felt like he was making a bit of a comeback towards the end of last year. So Malnati, huge odds. It's someone like, I always like someone that I think can get... So if it is the South course, and I need to look. Admittedly, I haven't really done it properly. Yeah. If it is the South course that he loves, I think he's worth kind of just looking at in some sort of market, maybe top 40, top 20, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, because I do value that when you get lower down the market of someone that can just play that tough course well. It's mm-hmm. free at the four rounds, right? So uh, yeah. really important. There's one thousand to one shot, which is crazy, but I caught my eye because of how well he missed the cut by one last week. It's Kevin uh, Dowerty. Dowerty. Yeah. Um, he came off the Corn Ferry Tour last year, and he is one of the older the players. He's really has been buying his time um, for to get a PJ Tour card. Um, but yeah, he missed the cut I think by two shots last week, but had a really good third round on the stadium course. Um, I'm thinking I haven't I haven't put him up for a top four at all, but now I'm just looking at it. I'm wondering if he could possibly sneak because he's a big hitter. He's a very big hitter. Um, and just thinking about it, just looking down the board, um, it, he could be someone who could land a top forty. Yeah, after yeah, round one, right? Like it's 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 last week. It's someone that has got a recent good start. I, 
I think I think this week, as much as the field's not deep, so it wouldn't be a massive surprise of a long shot one. Like the, the long shots that are here are not great. Um, so I haven't dived into kind of three, four, five hundred to one players this week. Um, no. I'm just looking for the sake of looking, but it's fun. It's fun. Yeah, <laughs> I, really absolutely. It. I think we could probably, between the two of us, find some top 40 players that we like. And yeah. Maybe he's one well, of them. Kevin Doherty would be one of them for sure. Yeah. Um, I think that's it, Brad. I think we'll put a bow on in there. Um, Summarise our picks. Um, I'll go in reverse order this week just because I've got it up in front of me. So at the Farmers Insurance Open... I am going to go for Jason Day at 25 to 1, eight places. So Heath Begala, 30 to 1, eight places. Uh, Harris English, 40 to 1, eight places. And Patrick Rogers, 66 to 1, eight places. And then I'm going to go to the Raz Al Khaimah Classic. And I've got Alejandro Del Rey, 40 to 1, eight places. Uh, Pablo Larraf, about 40 to 1, seven places. Hao Tong Lee, I think there's 45 to 1, seven places about him. Uh, Kawamura at uh, 90 to 1, six places, and Johannes Vim at 80 to 1, eight places are my picks in the Razal Kaima Classic. Uh, your um, picks, sorry. I have gone for the Farmers Insurance Open. I've got Tony Fee now, 25 to 1, six places. I think that's with Unibet. I've gone for Sahith Tagala, I think 28 to 1, eight places is the best now. Paddy Power. And I've gone Mackenzie Hughes, 100 to 1, eight places. Paddy Power. Then over to the Raz Al Kamar, I've gone for McKibben, Tom McKibben, 33 to 1, uh, seven places, or you could get 35 to 1, six places with Bet Fred, whatever you prefer. Uh, I've gone Hao Tong Lee, 50 to 1, six places, Uni Bet. Then I've gone Jesper Svensson, uh, 90 to 1, six places, I found some spread X. So, yeah. yeah, that's it. I think there's some good bets in there, Brad. Uh, I'm really excited. As much as I think. Feeling confident. Yeah, as much as the Raz Alkheimer is the better value bet in the event, I'm I'm more confident about what I've done in Tory with, with Yeah, I think I, I think I agree with you there. Um and, and obviously you love Fee now. So I think in that 25, 28 to 1 range of those players in um in Tory, I think we're really confident about those. So um looking forward to that. Brad, thank you as ever. Um Tuesday record, Wednesday start, slightly different week. Yeah. Um, but we'll get out as quick as we can and hopefully good some some good value for the listeners before the event starts tomorrow mm-hmm. so back to normal service next week monday tuesday whichever one and a thursday start so uh, looking forward to that uh brad thank you as ever bud 